When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Josh Allen is such a unique type of player. There's obviously quarterbacks that run the football well. There's obviously quarterbacks that have those bazooka-type arms. There's quarterbacks that take way more risks than they should because they know that they can overcome them with their skill. He's all of them in one. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the NFL, Jacob, but if you were to build one in a lab right now, don't you think it would probably look like Josh Allen? Like if if that this is a dated reference and would it would it not look like Joe Burrow? See, I don't think so because Joe Burrow doesn't have that ability to to run like Josh Allen does and that sure. ability to be a linebacker playing quarterback. And Burrow's in like, a little bit more of a traditional sense, but on the yeah. like you know those things where they like I think they're like they one build a, the perfect one quarterback B. and it's like yeah. you take Brady's right, head right, and you right, take right. Mahomes like intelligence or yeah, quick capability yeah, right, and you take Allen's I get, I get uh, run of Lamar. Like I feel like the you know prototype quarterback for the 2023 NFL, this modern era of NFL football, it's Josh Allen. I mean, and that's what makes him such a unicorn. Like, everybody would say, yeah, I'd love to have a quarterback like that. They're just so few and far between. And, you know, I I know we're going to talk about how to stop him now, and he's already established himself as one of the league's best, but it's really remarkable to see him go from where he was at Wyoming. I mean, didn't get any buzz at all from college. And the style that he plays, like he would have been an amazing big time college quarterback. Oh yeah, if he was the this fact good that he then, was like, only a D two guy at Wyoming. He clearly wasn't ready. He really didn't, yeah, right. you know, grow into his body. Don't don't diss Wyoming. They're D one. Okay, they're are they D one? Yeah, of course they are. They're a group of five team. Don't, it was, don't uh, you dare diss them. It's like Carson that. Wentz coming from ND State. I'm pretty sure they're in the Mountain West. Okay, don't ND Mountain State West uh, was D two for sure. Yes, ND. You're correct. Carson Wentz and Trey Lance both came from the D two. Right, North Trey Dakota Lance. State. Uh, powerhouse in D2, but disrespecting the Cowboys, I'm not going to have that. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, so, you know, he didn't grow into his body. He didn't grow into his potential, I'd say, really, until, like, year two of Buffalo, even. Because, remember, he was as reckless as he is now in his rookie season, but he didn't have the ability to overcome it with all these touchdowns and in this spectacular play. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just like, yeah, there's a lot of potential there, but he is just so damn reckless with the football. Like, I remember his rookie year, there was a game they played against the Vikings, and he hurtled a guy, like a linebacker, to scamper for a touchdown, and it was like that first, like, whoa. Whoa. Like, this translates to the NFL. This dude is here. He's tough for NFL players to take down. Um, And then he goes into his second, into his third year, and the accuracy jumps up into a completely different mm-hmm. echelon. And he corrects right, and his like third his, year, yeah. He's still reckless with the football, but he completes an amount of passes percentage wise that is 
towards the top of the league is respectable for an NFL quarterback. And like I've been saying all week long, he don't care about the turnovers now because he's going to score four touchdowns for every two, two interceptions that he throws. Um, you can't think if you're the Steelers, if you get three first half interceptions against Josh Allen and as delicious as that sounds and how badly you want it, that he's going to go into the locker room and be like, Oh man, I got, I got to really, really think extra hard if I'm going to release the ball next time and start thinking about cold feet with him. Cause it ain't going to happen. He could throw 40 interceptions in the first half in some just weird twilight zone type of episode where every throw he has is just picked off and taken the other, and he's still going to come out and throw and throw mm-hmm. and throw. There is no shaking, shaking this guy's confidence. Um, just because you turn him over, don't think that you're going to have him rattled come the fourth quarter if it's still a one-score game. You have to finish the job against him. 100%. He, he is not going to care about what he did in the first half. Uh, it's all about the next drive, the next drive, the next drive for him. Yeah, and... We saw that on Monday, or Monday on Sunday night against uh, the Dolphins, right? He threw those two interceptions. The Bills were down early, and you thought, okay, this is what he does. He makes mistakes. He puts his team behind. He 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 puts his team in a comfort behind spot. But what does he do? Like you said, he just kind of forgets about it because he knows he's going to make the mistakes because he knows his style of football is mistake prone, but he's not going to let that dictate the way the rest of the game is going to go. He continues to prod along. He continues to take shots down the field. He continues to make big chunk plays with his feet, and he got the win. And his team was in a position where it wasn't that they had to come from behind. It was Miami who was trailing, and it was Tua who had to make the big play, and it was Tua who threw into double coverage to Chase Claypool, who ran 15 yards more down the field rather than cutting up, and the Bills were able to force the incompletion, and the Bills came came away with the win. So... Yeah, for sure. That's his style of play. Um, do I think that that style of play, Am I, if I'm a Bills fan, am I a little nervous with this weather, knowing that he's that kind of guy? Maybe, you know, because he can still make plays on the ground for you. You know, we, we mentioned that James Cook has had a really good year for the Bills as a running back, only scored two rushing touchdowns compared to Josh Allen's 15. So he's still going to make plays for you on the ground. But through the air, with Gabe Davis tracking to not play this week and really only having Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid as receiving options, maybe you're not so excited about the style of play that Josh Allen has as a as a gunslinger. No, but you're excited about the style of play he has as a runner. Yeah, of course. Football. 100%. And, and I said that. And, I, and and it's going to be a huge part of the game. It's going to be their game. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, right. Um, they're the, going to prioritize giving the ball to Josh Allen and letting him have these designed runs. He was on 13% of the designed runs were for Josh Allen before just a couple of weeks ago. In the past two games, he's been running the ball 30% of the time on their designed runs. So... Uh, it's taking a big jump because it's playoff time, and they needed to win those games down the stretch. Uh, New England, you know, gave them a good game. Miami gave them a good game in this final two games of the season. And when the going gets tough for Buffalo, they just let Josh Allen out of the stables and they let him run. And I think it's his career average for designed runs was eighteen percent, and that dropped by five percent this year for the most part. So mm. I think it's very good for them that they were able to drop that off for the majority of the season. But now it's it's got to go back. Like I said, it's thirty percent. So like now it's back to 
not just his average for a career and then some. And and that I think is even going to be more the case on Sunday in these weather conditions. Um tackling Josh Allen, like when any anytime you have a quarterback that runs the football, I know this sounds barbaric, but hey, this is the sport we're playing, folks. Mm-hmm. Gotta hit this guy hard. You gotta put your weight like when you get up from him, you kinda use your arms to push up off of uh-huh. his chest. Like you put Don't all be your... like an Indomitian Sue. No, and no, 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 no. I'm him not saying stomp him. Yeah. I'm not saying tackle him with your entire body weight, like body slam him. You're gonna get a flag for that. I'm saying subtle stuff, like at the bottom of the pile, like, oh, oh, sorry, I didn't I didn't mean uh-huh. to put my hand right on your knee there. Or oh so, like and I'm not saying, you know, at the bottom of a pile, snap an ankle, twist the knee. You know, just little maybe Elbow check to the gut. You know, make it very physical for him. You're not going to hurt him. I don't think that he's the type of quarterback that you physically um, damage their body throughout the game that by the fourth quarter they're just, you know, a ma- they're, they're taped up here, they're taped up there, they're, they're gun-shy to run the ball because they, they just don't want to get hit anymore. You're not going to do that for him. But still make him feel it. Make him wear it in that cold weather. And when you get the first person to hit him, Swarm, 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 right. swarm. Gang tackling yeah. has to be a key because that first guy, he's going to stop him. He can stand him up unless he, like, you know, makes a great momentum tackle, takes out the legs. I bet you Allen's going to be able to stand him up and, and try to fight for a couple extra yards. So swarming and gang tackling this guy to the ground is going to be a huge key in this game. The, the first person there. Also has to do a good job too. If you can't get him to the ground, stand him still. Get into that stalemate until your help can arrive. Um, mm-hmm. Tackling Josh Allen is going to be maybe the biggest key in this football game, considering they're going to run the ball a lot. You, we'd think. Yeah, and <clears throat> that worries me too because we not not that it's been an over overlaying um, burden on this team, but you have seen this team sometimes struggle with tackling guys. Right? It's it's not like Every guy that's that's hit goes down immediately, and and there's reinforcements immediately, so there's no no risk of of letting a guy get loose. Um, you saw last week against the Ravens, there were plays um, where I forget the receiver who caught that first touchdown pass for Baltimore, but one guy hit him, and then a next the next guy hit him, and he still made it his way into the end zone. Um, so you have seen this team struggle with pass or with getting guys to the ground, not all year long, and not like it's the biggest weakness of this team but when you look at Josh Allen too the physicality of him the size the intimidating size of him you really have to understand that it's going to take more than one person to get him to the ground he is capable like you said not only is he physical as a runner like he is skillful as a runner like he stiff arm guys he hurdles guys he jukes guys out of their shoes it is not just going to be running downhill like you see Jalen Warren do a lot, right? Where he's just one direction and he powers through you. Josh Allen is very tactical as a runner. He's very, he's really done as as much as he has improved his deep ball accuracy throwing. He has just as much improved his ability to really have these meaningful runs due to his 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 tactics. Uh, while he has the ball in his hands. So you need to prioritize getting him to the ground. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Allen rushed for 67 yards last week against Miami. His 15 rushing touchdowns ties an NFL record for quarterbacks. 
Jalen Hurts also had 15 rushing touchdowns this year. But the difference between the Hurts and Allen rushing touchdowns is, yeah, Allen will have some goal line touchdowns too, but Allen also have like the from the 30 takeoff and stiff arm a guy. Yeah, how many he, like, of those? Cowboy hurdles, of, right, like splits, right, right. splits his legs over. And how then many of those for Jalen Hurts were just tush pushes? pushes? Yeah, 100%. So Allen is a little bit more, let's say he has a little bit more flair when it comes to his okay. rushing touchdowns than uh, Hurts does. And Allen and Derrick Henry are the only players in the league with six-plus rushing touchdowns in each of the past six seasons. I mean, Josh Allen just gets in the paint, bro. I mean, he <laughs> scores touchdowns. He's also their power back when you think about it. Oh, yeah. Like, I know they have Fournette on the practice squad, and they called him up recently, but, like, third and one, fourth and one, they call on Allen every single time. Like, it'd be, it's almost funny to think about it. Like, they should bring in their backup quarterback and then have Allen in the backfield, like, line up at the halfback on those plays because he is their short yardage back. And that's just another part of, I think, that dynamic aspect of his running game that you were talking about is that, you know, he can do it with speed. He does it with power. He's, he's really, when you think about it, maybe a top 15 back in the league just based on all of his traits. Now, I don't know if he'd have the ability to play running back in the NFL and carry the ball 25 times a game. But I'm just saying, like, his package of running the football is more impressive than a lot of running backs. He has he has more tools in his toolbox than they do. Definitely. And it's just because you, you don't expect this guy, a quarterback, to be a leading rusher for a team, especially like when his name isn't like Lamar Jackson. Is he the second best rushing quarterback in the NFL right yeah, now? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Cuz Jalen Hurts, I give him a lot of credit. It's a lot of tush pushes. And a, and a lot, it's a lot of, of 1-yard to gain, 2-yard to gain. He's not as willing to do it as Allen either to take and off when, his legs. And not only when he takes off, like we're talking about the tactics behind a smart run, the hits that Josh Allen takes to extend plays when he the ball's in his hands and, and the ball's on the ground. It's it's nowhere. Jalen Hurts doesn't come anywhere near those kind of hits that Josh Allen sacrifices his body to get through. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What about the other aspect of their rushing attack, James Cook? 100-plus uh, carries amongst running backs with 100-plus carries this year. Cook's 4.73 yards per carry is eighth best in the league. Cook's 2.35 yards before first contact is the third highest. So they're giving him holes. The, the offensive yeah, line is... Opening at least two yardage worth uh, before he even touches a defender on average. Uh, Cooks had a really good year, and I think it's really big for Buffalo to finally have a running back emerge. And it's one that they, sure. and it's one that they drafted. So hats off to the front office there for you know a need that they have so sorely been missing ever since Josh Allen has become a, an MVP type of player has been a, a viable running back to take some of that off of Allen's plate, the running of the football, especially late in games when you're trying to ice it out. Now now that you're in the playoffs and you're trying to ice out games, it's going to be number 17 that's calling his own number. But throughout the year, you were able to let four really take a lot away from Allen, and that's going to help in the long run. Now let's see if that offense or that front office can help in the receiving room as well because they 
are still just a one-man show there. Right. But they did fix the rushing attack with James Cook. I think uh, he's had a really impressive year. One thing I will say, though, the usage of him in the passing game has dropped off a lot, especially since Joe Brady took over for Ken Dorsey. Now, Joe Brady was giving him the ball in the passing game for the first couple of weeks, but as of late, he's kind of dropped off his usage there. And I remember against Miami, James Cook, ran a route that saw him open in the back of the end zone. Beautiful route. Wide receiver good. Mm-hmm. Drops the ball. Stone hands. Just lay. So I wonder uh, if there's a an issue with his catching of the football that maybe the Bills are trusting less and less as the games get weightier and weightier. Um, he can get open, that's for sure. Like He's got wide receiver route running technique, but I wonder if they don't trust the hands. And that... that play in the corner of the end zone. I mean, Allen put it right in the breadbasket for him and no one was around him because he shook him off in the route and just drops an easy touchdown early in that game. So I wonder if there's a little bit of mistrust there. But the good news for him is they don't really need him in the passing no. game as opposed to maybe a little dump off for a screen. They're going to run him a lot. And again, it's a dimension that Buffalo hasn't really had in years past that they do now and you right. kind of wish they didn't. Because you kind of wish it was just Allen and a bunch of guys again, but it's not the case. He's yeah. got, He's got a... He's got a nice partner in crime running the football. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not the end of the world that he can't catch those passes because he's a good runner. Right, you know, like exactly. you, you don't need him to be that do-everything kind of running back because you have him doing well enough on the ground that it can complement. The play action probably works a lot into that. You know what I mean? Like when Before James Cook... There was no running threat. You knew the Bills were going to run the ball. They, they, I think for like three years they led the league in, in like fewest rushing yards and fewest rushing attempts by running backs, just because you knew they were they didn't have a back that was good enough, and they had Josh Allen, who was. There was no reason for them to put the ball in someone else's hands on the ground that wasn't named Josh Allen. But now that you have James Cook, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that they would like for him to improve his catching ability, if his route running ability is is as good as advertised. But again, it's not going to kill them that he can't catch balls, you know, at a 95% clip rate. No, it's not going to kill them. One thing that's impressive about the Bills offensively is their continuity on the offensive line. Sure. In 17 games this year, they've started the same five offensive linemen. Mitch Morse, Osiris Torrance, Connor McGovern, Spencer Brown, and Deion Dawkins have missed a total of just 109 snaps this season. Just, you know, in and out, nicked up right. here or there. Take a, take a snap off. Take a off. snap yeah. off, take a series off, get the wind knocked out of you, tape up an ankle. But they've started every single game together this season. Uh, Steelers had that last year. And, Jacob, the Steelers had that again this year. Like I, People I don't think are really noticing that that much. But this is now two years in a row where the Steelers have not had any injuries to their offensive line? The Any change, injuries that the change right came personnel wise, not injury right. wise. Right. Broderick Jones stepping in for Chooks. There's been maybe a game missed by somebody, but for a second straight year, really healthy offensive line play from the Steelers and the Bills are the same exact way this year. They they have a lot of continuity up front, and you you've seen that help both of these teams. Right as the season went on last year, you know the offensive line continued to gain this cohesion, and as a result, the running game became more effective. Same thing, same thing for the Steelers this year. Once they made that change of putting Broderick Jones into the starting lineup, he had the time to work alongside Mason Cole and and 
and uh, Isaac Siamalu and James Daniels. And you saw, as a result, once Broderick Jones was entered into the starting lineup, what's the stat, Tom? Like, they averaged like 140 rushing yards per game. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So, And it's no surprise that for the Bills, who haven't had a really good running game, they have a consistent offensive line, and they insert a, re- a really skilled running back, and all of a sudden, they're a running team now. You know, they were a running team before, but that was just because they had a mobile quarterback. It had nothing to do with them utilizing the running backs. Now they're a running they're a running team. With Herbig and Golding replacing Watt, is their job not going to be so much sacking the quarterback like you are TJ Watt and you're always pretty much on the pass rush and more so setting the edge and containing Josh Allen? Like is Highsmith and Golden Herbig's big task in this game is keeping Allen between the hashes as much as they possibly can to try to swallow him up with guys in the middle like Benton and Cam, like Miles Jack in support perhaps. Because even Allen's going to slip through the middle of the field and right. gain some yardage, but I'd rather him have to do that consistently than giving him the outside and being able to bounce things outside the tackles. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot. I'd rather of... the linebackers and the defensive linemen get the first crack at tackling uh-huh. him than the safeties in the corners. Of course. I, I've heard a lot of people point out that you know, TJ Watt, his number one priority is pursuit of the quarterback. So for Nick Herbert and Marcus Golden to come in, you don't have to recreate that. You're allowed to just kind of force pressure by not over-pursuing like TJ does because you trust TJ to get home. And the one thing I maybe you could push back on that is that Nick Herbig, in a vacuum, does a really good job of getting home. Right? Does a really good job of his pursuit. He only needed two snaps to get home in the Seattle game and, and impact that exactly. one. So talk about a guy maximizing his limited opportunities. Now he's going to get a lot more opportunities. Expect Highsmith to not just be on his normal side, though. Expect him to jump over and, and address that right side of the Bills. Yeah, line, Alex Highsmith might have is. a quiet game. But I think admittedly. they're going to move him around. I think they're going to put him maybe where the TJ spot is on that left side. That right side of the Bills' offensive line is the weakest point as far as pass protection is concerned. So don't be surprised if it's not just Herbig and Golden in where Watt is. Highsmith might jump over to that side of the ball as well. Herbig and Golden to the other side. Um, I'm worried about the outside linebackers, don't get me wrong, but I think that this is as, as good of a depth you can have. Right, and you th- still have Highsmith. It's not like the safeties yeah, yeah, where right, you were right, without right. Casey, Neal, Minka, Trenton Thompson. You were all the way down. Uh, you, you, you lost Darius Rush at one point. I mean, you were all the way down to the, your seventh and sh- eighth string safeties. You still have Alex Highsmith out there. And you That's know what? a huge help. Silver lining for that safety damage, you found Eric Rowe because of it. Right. And Jerry and was, I think Eric Rowe won't, you know, he's not going to start. No, but Jerry was on with Mark uh, earlier this week, and he said they, they have a role for Eric Rowe in this game. Like, Rowe is going to play mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the football. And how could he not? He's made such right. a great impact. And he's won a Super Bowl. Like, he's been, like, it, the, the moment's not going to be too big for him. It's not like mm-hmm. some guy that you got off the couch that's never been here before now, and you're worried about throwing him out this there. This is his first time ever no, playing, like he's yeah. he's been there, done that. So I think it's, accept, it's, I think it's, I think it's okay to believe that he's going to be able to sustain some of the success he's had in the regular season here in the playoff games. So you're going to see a role for Eric Rowe. But speaking of that secondary, before we wrap things up here and light the fire and get to Fireside Friday... Is it as simple, and I know it's a snow game and the wind, so you know the passing game might not be as much of a factor, but is it as simple as I'm making it in my mind where you can just have JPJ go take Diggs, Minka go take Kincaid slash Knox, mainly Kincaid though, 
And then everybody else just, you got to, the other playmakers for the Bills aren't that great. You should be able to keep up with them. Like, Khalil Shakir, you should be able to be fine against him. Like, is yeah, it, am I making know, that too my, simple my, in my mind? My, too simple? Because it feels like it can be that simple. Just erase Kincaid Minka, erase Diggs, JPJ, and if there's no Gabe Davis, see if Shakir can beat mm-hmm. us, I guess. See if Knox can beat us. My pushback on that would be that if you flash back to last year, and sure, it was a, it's a different it was a different team. You didn't have Joey Porter Jr. locking down the number one. No, you didn't, and that's a key. But it was Gabe Davis who had the big game. He's not playing. I know, but I, that's fine. But I'm just saying it could be Shakir. It could be anyone. I don't know if it can be. They're so thin at playmaker other than Diggs, and now Gabe Davis is gone. Now, Shakir's fine. I just don't think that sure. I fear him the way. No. I don't even fear Gabe Davis. I honestly. No, Gabe Davis Gabe is Davis a guy. Gabe Davis was more fluky than it was consistent. Gabe Davis is a guy who has one or two big games per year, yeah, and it does nothing else up, the rest of the year. He hit you on the dartboard that year. Like, but my, I just think that Josh Allen is probably skilled enough to make a, a hero out of anyone. And I just don't know about that. Like, do you are... remember do you remember 2016 I mean, yeah, I know you do remember 2016 AFC Championship game. Chris Hogan. It wasn't anyone else. It wasn't Edelman, it wasn't Gronk. It was Chris Hogan who burned the Steelers. That's Tom Brady. Sure, but you can't say that Josh Allen isn't one of the most skilled quarterbacks right now. I'm not trying to compare no. him to Brady. But Josh Allen, if he can make a hero out of Gabe Dig or Gabe Davis, it wasn't as windy in that Patriots game as it's. That's true. To be. That's true. It wasn't as bad. I've I've just seen this. St- I've seen it where the Steelers say we're going to take away this threat, take away this threat, beat us with whoever else you can. Oh, oh, okay. And then they get beat. You can get beat that way, but I think that's the way to go about it. I okay. think that's the way. Like, don't be. Okay. That's living in your fears. Yeah, to right, be like, oh right. well, they might beat us still. Like, no, no, I'm not saying. I'm Pat not saying. Pete, go take him away. Play, con- play conservatively. KZ, go take him away. I'm not saying play conservatively on defense, but don't be afraid to move things around if one of those guys gets the hot hand. Move right? Minka around. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I think JPJ staying has on to digs. stay on okay. on digs. That's fine with me. And I mean, other literally other than. Um, uh, was it was it Jamar Chase who had a touchdown on on JPJ or a big game a, a good day? The, the well, remember the touchdown was the tip pass, right? The big play was that one where he had the mouth guard in his hand, right? And still caught it on JPJ. Other on than him, line. other than him, I don't like everything you've seen on tape from JPJ makes you say, yeah, stay on, stay on Diggs all sixty minutes. Here's one thing about the Diggs JPJ matchup. Diggs is maybe the best route runner in football. Like I think that's his elite trait as far as a receiver. I mean, is that's concerned. what that's why when Deontay Johnson was up and coming, you saw the saw comparisons, Diggs to, comparisons to Diggs. Yeah, didn't didn't Deontay say he Diggs is yeah, a player right. that he looks up to? Right. Uh, don't get me wrong, Diggs has golden hands too, and it's, uh-huh. it's great in a lot of other aspects. You know, wait before you move on that point. Did you see? Now, granted, PFF was the one who dropped this. The stat. Steelers led the league in drop passes this year. Not in the way you think they would. Had the least amount of drop passes this year. No, that does make sense because you first framed that in my head. I was like, I don't ever really remember that many drops. So yeah, I I I buy that. You're used to associating like Chase Claypool Deontay. and Deontay. Now Deontay did have that drop in the end zone. The but it was a touchdown. Remember they ruled it a touchdown. They said it should have been because he got the three feet in. 
I forget which game it was, but the ball like moved at the very end. Kenny threw the pass. For the oh, end I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a little bit of that there. Oh, but wasn't yeah, that, that against Arizona? Because then like the next week it happened to New England. I'm just saying it makes uh, it makes sense to me that that's the stat that they have a lot of good ball security. But anyway, back to the route running a day. Sure. Best route runner in football for sure. It's going to be slippery out. Yeah. And Trey Porter Jr. is a very physical guy at the uh-huh. line of Diggs can't get his traction at the line. Porter Jr. is able to jam him in that five-yard window. I think that could be an advantage for JPJ. I'm worried that I like you JPJ know, when you more talk in the about... bad weather than Diggs, but again, there's the worry that either one of them slips and then it's a big play for the other team. When you talk about JPJ, though, you know, what's the what's the one thing you've seen other besides his ability to shut down receivers is that he gets called for a lot of penalties. I'm I'm kind of worried in this condition, maybe he gets flagged a little bit more than we're we're, we already don't like the amount of times that he's flagged per game. It might be even more so in this, Should you in wear this the blue game. Gloves? Should you wear the light blue gloves? A hundred percent. Yeah. Just don't wear yellow gloves against a blue jersey. Matt, maybe wear white gloves, too. It just looks like snow. It's just snow out there. You can't see it. You can't tell. All right, we're going to light the fireplace next. We're going to look at all of the matchups uh, in Super Wild Card Weekend in right, the NFL. Super Wild Card Weekend. Then we're going to make our triple play picks and our Steelers game picks. You nervous? This is so exciting! We are almost 48 hours away from kickoff. We are 50 hours away. In Buffalo. Get pumped up, Steelers Nation. You are in the playoffs. So we'll be lighting the fireplace, doing our fireside Friday next on the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.